beautiful people. Hello. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Hello. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Powerful Stuff podcast. We started Powerful Stuff, Eileen and myself, because Powerful Stuff is one of our favorite expressions to say, making the mundane extraordinary. Absolutely. It's kind of a funny way to acknowledge that what you're saying is important and powerful, but also make light of it. And how you really want to say it is, mm, powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Like you really want to be slow with it, take your time, get that sigh in before. And that's, I think, very metaphorically representative of our podcast because we want it to be something that is powerful for you, like a takeaway, like you're talking to your pragmatically spiritual California bestie. Who's so well-rounded with so many interests and who, lenses. Right, exactly. And who also you relate to because we're talking about this stuff as we're living it or having just processed it. We're basically each other's, we call each other our lock boxes. Therapists, therapists here in LA, where we are each other's person, what we can vent to. The other has literally been able to see us at our worst and still give us that highest self advice. And so, we wanted to be able to share that with you in a powerful, hopefully comical and entertaining way. Yes. And so, this podcast in each episode will kind of always have it like an arc. Um, like an experience. We're all about opening and closing ceremonies. The ironic thing is neither of us are from LA, but if you stay here long enough, you you know what we mean. And if LA calls you, there's probably a reason. You've been brewing something. You've been brewing something. But I think the arc is so cool because this is something that Meredith does for not only the professional events that she hosts, but a lot of the fun events we have too, like even bachelorette parties. Mm-hmm. And it always just creates such a nice container Another good LA word. Right. A container is a type of experience that you have that has an opening and closing ceremony in LA where you can drop in, which is another word for chatting with someone (laughs) in a deep way. All these terms that we'll go go into. But yeah, so the 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 arc of this podcast will be kind of opening up, setting an intention, usually taking a collective breath together, doing a little bit of a meditation. If you're driving or walking or whatever, keep your eyes open, but just let those words land. And then we'll talk about the, the overall theme, like friendship, boundaries, communication, pivoting jobs, all of these pressing millennial questions that we have. And then um, even the fun, abstract things that we just think about and relate to and like to dive deep in and research. Totally. Like the Taylor Swift Eras Tour. <laughs> or just... Naturally. That's, that's been one that I've taken a deep dive into. Gardening. <laughs> Gardening. Yeah. For we'll example. Yeah. Um, And we'll relate it back to our personal experience after we've talked about the broader theme and our musing around it, and then leave you with some ponderings, with some journaling prompts, with some action items. And our hope is that we're all kind of in this dialogue together and that our learnings and musings that we have learned along the way are continuing to learn and sometimes are like, universe, why do you keep sending me this Mm -hmm. lesson? That we're all in that journey together. Exactly. And hopefully we can reframe some things so that you can still experience it. You don't have to run away from things, but know that you're getting the most out of it and know that we're all experiencing it too. Totally. And we'll talk about like, you know, for context, um, both of us live in Venice, but both of us come from 
strong, stoic New York moms. <laughs> and I grew up in Texas. She grew up in New York. And so it's funny because we both slowly, through osmosis, developed the California ways, which we know and love, but also take with a grain of salt. Yes. Just know that on the inside, there is a hard, tough New York Jew there <laughs> waiting. <laughs> to be like, is this real? Yes, exactly. Why are you believing this? But then you're like, you know what? If it's fun and it makes my life better, I'm going to believe it anyways. Exactly. Um, A healthy dose of skepticism with full faith. With full faith. Right. And so all of that's to say, you know, no matter what religion you are, um, this is all about just showing up, having conversation um, and being curious and playful. And like Eileen said, we all go through hard things, triggering things, outgoing, outgrowing friendships, communication that we've been dreading with someone, um, things that come up in our relationships and these things that feel so taboo or hard to talk about, we're going to talk about and hopefully shed some light on these topics. And then Eileen, did you want to dive in about what you were seeing in the podcast space or what you were craving rather? Yes, I do. Because I love listening to podcasts. It's so fun if you are taking a walk or doing laundry or just doing any of the things that you don't really love doing and that you could be entertaining yourself a little bit or learning during. And I just felt like everything was so specific. There are comedy podcasts, there are dating podcasts, there are sex podcasts, there are hardcore science podcasts and history, and you can dive into all these different subjects. And obviously there are experts that are very qualified to talk about each of these things, but we want to kind of bring it all together and bring all the things that we're interested in to you. Because something that Meredith and I have in common is that we have a broad range of interests and a broad range of Multi-passionate people. Multi-passionate people, which is a great name for it. And there have been times in our lives when this has been a point of insecurity or perceived weakness or judgment from others. Right. Like you can't focus, just focus on one thing. Mm -hmm. You're always distracted. And I will admit there have been times when I've been distracted. When we were in fact distracted. (laughs) ADHD is also present here. Right. But how great to be able to turn those things into, as Meredith likes to say, our superpower. Right. Rather than weaponizing it against ourselves, like, uh, like I can't focus on one thing or da da da. Exactly. Or I can't feel fully expressed in my creative side because people will think that I'm distracted. Right. So or, just, yeah, I can't be interested in that because it doesn't align with this other part of my personality that I'm supposed to be emphasizing right now. Right. So this will really just be a variety show, a deep dive into the topics we care about. And some episodes, like I said before, will be long form, some will be short solo musings or meditations, and all of them will really just be a playful look at the human experience. Yes. And so we'd love to use this time now to introduce each other. Another thing that we do at My Experience Company, more of that, which is helping people do more of what they love, is we'll have you find someone that you don't know that you haven't met and learn something about them, and then you'll introduce them to the group. So we'll do that now with each other. You want to go first? Sure. Okay. Gosh, I'm going to miss so many things, but that's part of it. (laughs) 
Meredith, um, as she said, is from Texas. She moved to Venice a number of years ago. Um, some might call her the Queen of Venice. Some. Some. Or mayor. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> this is our political a- action campaign launch. Right. Um, just kidding. Um, and she is a multi-passionate person through and through and always has been from a young career in journalism to yoga that took her around the world to a music career that took her around the world to landing in the heart of the kind of new age thought and spirituality here Mm -hmm. and um, taking on breath work and going deeper into yoga and meditations and becoming a coach and helping women especially, but men as well, find their voice and embrace the truest part of themselves. And that means taking all the vulnerable pieces and all of the amazing shining pieces that sometimes we're afraid to show too, and figuring out how that really aligns to who we want to be and what our purpose is. And so Meredith does that for people and she also embodies that Mm. more importantly I receive that (laughs) and um that's my like quick one minute oh my gosh we can go back and forth oh my god I love that I feel so seen um yeah thank you I I strive to embody it as Eileen mentioned I am a coach um but I also am a songwriter and I also am a writer and it was a winding journey to get here, but I like to say my my golden thread was that I always love helping people own and share their authentic story. Um, so I did that since I was in high school as a journalist. Then in college, I went to Harvard <clears throat> and was trying to find my voice there because they say you go from being a big fish in a small pond to a small fish in a big pond. Mm-hmm. And um, so while I was there, I ended up traveling to different um, countries in Latin America and Africa and doing human interest stories and helping, you know, the own and share your story from a journalism perspective. And then after that, I went to, to grad school to pursue, pursue that further and then took a total 180 and started a beverage company because I thought it would be a brand building thing of conscious beverage connection. Oh my gosh, yes. And um, yeah. And then through all of that in the personal development world, realized that that wasn't my true calling. And I wanted to help people own and share their story from the inside out with coaching, with my experience company, and now with our podcast. Um, And it's all been a winding journey to get there and also a journey of letting go of the shoulds of coming from like a background where it does feel like you are surrounded by a lot of like high achievers, which can be really amazing in, in giving you drive and ambition, but also really good to check in and make sure like, is this actually what I want or am I doing it? Because I feel like I should be doing it. Mm, That is so key. Yes. So um, all of that's to say that's me. You guys will find out more along the way. You sure will. I love John Mayer and Taylor Swift, Swift, even though who knows where they stand with each other. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll break that down one day. Yeah. Have a tropical our our theme song is a tropical reggaeton Spanish. Yes, as you might have heard, how song in fact they wrote our very own back in the day. <laughs> um, and yeah, we'll just introduce the ray of light in my life, Eileen, who I had the pleasure of living with in twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two. Yes, um, Eileen hails from New York and went to Stuyvesant High School with our dear friend Sam. And Eileen 
was in the banking and finance world and then took a leap of faith. Or more just tech. Or more just tech, tech world. But that world. <laughs> no As joking. you can hear, a very foreign, mysterious <laughs> world. <laughs> it doesn't belong here. <laughs> and she left that world. <laughs> and she came to Los Angeles, California, um, and worked on Ground Plans, which is a company she worked on with her mom that sources ethical rugs from around the world. Um, and did a lot there, Eileen, this last year, even though she was moving in with me and I had been living in Venice for four or five years, she introduced me to the most eclectic artists and really cool people. And like what one time we went to like a crypto art gallery viewing together. Yes, the first crypto art gallery in the world started here in Venice. Yeah. And we had some super fun summer events. Yeah, it was great. And then another time you're like, we need to go to the boardwalk to take care of these two-week-old kittens. <laughs> um, so it's always, I always love how she just like lives between so many different people and places and like stops to really smell the roses. Literally, she did that on a walk that we were at. And now she's transitioning out of grand pl- ground plans into the next chapter and just got back from a month in India and is starting her amazing journey on reading, astrology reading. She was giving me some powerful stuff <laughs> on mine just before this pod episode. So, um, I mean, that is, again, like you said, just the surface of what I could say about Eileen. I guess I should also mention she is just a little nature fairy. Mm. Always see her in your nearest talus field, which is a field of rocks covered in moss. Yes, I will be there. Um yeah. Also, similar journey around releasing shoulds mm. and coming from such a high pressure environment and starting out with a ballet career when I was younger and moving into this STEM space and trying to feel like we had to be girl bosses and <laughs> RIP girl boss. <laughs> but um, and now it's it's just about realizing that that's the constant evolution of life is releasing those shoulds and those identities that we attach ourselves to and realizing that the only identity we can really have is our own and our own values and it's just within us and it's not attached to the job we have or the work we do or anything external really, which sounds woo-woo, but it's real when you realize that you can navigate through all of these different communities and worlds and still be the same and that's kind of that golden thread is you then in those Mm -hmm. instances totally yeah when we stop as they say shitting all over ourselves (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly yeah and like it's it's about the energy that you bring into a room it's about like the type of um Yes. Things and people and moments that you have. And that's something I love about you is that you're always really good at like slowing down. Mm, I love to slow down. And appreciating. So with that, should we kick off the first episode theme? Yes. Okay, you guys. (laughs) Buckle up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It just gets me so excited. It's so hype. Um our first theme is in spirit of the summer being upon us, even though it doesn't look that way in Venice, is the idea of f- fully blooming 
of all the seeds that we thought we wanted to plant with our New Year's resolutions, um, goals that we might have had for a long time. Oftentimes, it's a seed that you need to plant and allow it to grow and to water it every day. And that we forget sometimes that after we plant the seed, really challenging things might happen. Shit might hit the fan and you might be like, wait, this is so far away from what I wanted to call in. But what we see when we zoom out is that it was actually creating fertile soil for the seed Mm. to grow. I love that. And before we launch into that, should we give ourselves a little meditation to ponder that thought? Yes. So, And by give ourselves, I mean, can you give us one? (laughs) Perfect. Say no more. (laughs) Um, Okay. So we'll start with our little meditation or our deep focused musing for those of you moving, operating vehicles. Um, If you want to close your eyes and take a deep breath in through your nose and then open mouth, exhale. Second breath in, breathing into the top of your head and exhale, sighing it out. And then third and deepest breath in and exhale. As you turn your gaze inward, thinking of that little seed that you had Maybe it was at the beginning of this year, a few years ago, that you have been holding in your hand ready to plant. What makes you excited about the seed? How does it feel like a representation of your core authentic energy, the authentic gifts you're ready to put into the world? And as you hold it, kneeling down, in your mind's eye, as if you're kneeling down to the earth and carving out a little piece of the earth to put the seed inside. And as you put the soil on top of it, noticing the soil like it's past memories, challenging things that you went through, things that you never thought you would have to go through, things that you went through and you really stretched yourself and showed yourself your strength. Noticing all of those things turn to soil, making total sense now how they had to happen exactly as they did to give you the strength, the perspective, the clarity you needed to be in this perfect place to plant that seed. And as you view each of these challenging or difficult things, viewing them with gratitude, And with each breath, almost releasing each into the earth, thanking it for how it let you grow. And as you release it into the earth, feeling it nurture the seed and feeling the seed start to sprout its roots, rooting down into the core of the earth, into the core of your being. And then feeling the seed as you start to water it now and nurture it and trust in the slow, trust in the timing Feel it starting to poke its head through the earth. How at first it might feel new and scary and vulnerable, but with constant love and compassion and allowance and patience, seeing the seed sprout into a full flower. And as you see it sprout into a full flower, feeling into what it would feel like to be fully embodied in all areas of your life, in full bloom. 
how would that feel personally and how you move throughout your day? How would that feel professionally and using your zone of genius and feeling valued for the work that you're putting out? How would that feel in your relationships, feeling fully seen and loved and having inspired and joyful connections with others? And how would that feel in just using your voice fully, feeling like the fullest, highest self version of you? Breathing into that, placing your hands on your heart, Imagine that your hands and your heart supercharges this feeling around your body, through your heels, into the earth, out your head, sprouting toward the sky, taking a breath in to breathe this in, and open mouth, exhale, and then second breath to arrive back in this room, and open mouth, exhale, slowly opening your eyes. So I hope that you guys got some good musings from that. We'll, we'll dive into a little bit of that process first, and then we'll both kind of share what that full bloom experience has looked like on a personal level for each of us. Then we'll leave you guys with some takeaways for this first episode. <laughs> okay, I promise I won't do that a lot, but that button is so tempting. It's so fun. On the little mix board. <laughs> it's like, should we add some more hype here? <laughs> Am I a DJ? <laughs> so, yeah, kind of just what I said in the meditation and that it's really about, and this is the, I guess, the magic of self-development is all the things that are hard or triggering, how are they coming up to invite us deeper into ourselves so we can heal something, so we can release something, so we can shed something and that process is often painful. It's often like can feel like a death of, of something, of a relationship, of a part of us. Um, but it's kind of necessary to create that space for the new thing. Yes. And I love that visualization of more soil being added and sort of being able to differentiate between what's being what's coming in and being added as extra soil and extra nourishment and what's actually that bloom starting to sprout and being able to see the difference and i think that's kind of what we're getting at because sometimes you might think that you're there and you're blooming and you're sprouting and you want to be at a certain place and then you realize that that's just another step along the way or that's just another piece to challenge you or give you strength so that you can be ready when you actually do sprout. Right. And it's all like an upward spiral. Like we might yeah. be continuing to get the same triggers or lessons, but each time we're getting them, it means either either we haven't learned or we're pulling back a new layer. Yeah, totally. Or there's still more to learn and there's another lesson to learn here. Because yes. sometimes in self-development, you can be like, oh, I thought I healed that or I pulled it back and now I understand it. And I think that that actually is the biggest buzzkill to self-development is to be like, oh, I got it. I healed it. I did that ceremony and now that's done versus staying curious. Totally. I love journaling. I journal a lot and have for decades as you have too. 
And I remember talking to a friend about how frustrated I was getting because I was reading back some old journals and I was looking at the things I had been talking about two, three, five years prior Mm. and realizing that I was still working through a lot of the same things. Mm. And I just got so frustrated and I turned it into this whole thing about humans having poor memory and being bad at figuring out how to navigate life and incorporate things and stick to things. And I just felt like our, our minds are so, are so weak. (laughs) And I turned it into this whole kind of existential crisis. And I was talking to a friend who also is a big fan of journaling and Mm. self-development. And he said something so profound that I think about all the time. Oh my gosh, cliffhanger. Is it powerful stuff worthy? (laughs) It's powerful stuff worthy. (laughs) And he said, some things are just so big and so powerful that it takes years or it takes multiple instances of seeing that lesson from different angles to really internalize it. Mm. And that is just how those lessons are given to us. And I just realized in that moment that that is part of it. You know, we don't just check, we don't have a checklist of learnings. Right. And it can be so funny because it's so easy to see like your own potential of where you could go and then be frustrated with yourself for not getting it quickly. Or if it's like you're looking at a partner or a friend, you're like, oh my gosh, why do they keep self-sabotaging? I've told them a million times. (laughs) (laughs) Based on true stories. And, um, and it just takes people time. And like if we've had decades of doing something one way, we might see the other path in a ceremony or a therapy session or whatever, but it might take months or years, years. To, to pivot to that. Right. Because that's... there's a lag time and it's self-development's not just about having the answer, but being compassionate with yourself when you make a human error, when you make a mistake and owning it. Yeah. Yeah. And being like, I made a mistake or I did that again. Oops, I did it again. Oops, did <laughs> but I'm trying. Again. I'm not going to stay in that as my excuse forever. But like I'm having compassion and grace with my, myself and I know that I'm trying every day to get better. Right. And I like what you said. It's not about having the answer. Actually, the answer is kind of the easy part. Not the easy part, but the visioning is more accessible in the present. Mm-hmm. But the creating and the making of it takes time, a lot of time and work. Yeah. And should we go into our personal lived full blooms of the Mo? Let's Meant? Do it. <laughs> Would you like to start? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it is so funny um, because things just take time. And I've been on my develop, self-development journey for like almost a decade and I want to be on it until the, the day I die. But it's um, a very, yeah, sometimes I'm just like, I wish I could just not have these triggers, <laughs> even as a coach where... I tell all my clients, like, triggers are treasures. <laughs> They're <laughs> showing you where you can heal parts of yourself. And then we work through it with them. They're like, I get it. And then when I have one coming up, I'm like, ah, like, but of course, what we resist persists. So what I usually do is I do some breath work and then I call Eileen. <laughs> and Eileen, Eileen is my trigger surgeon. <laughs> she like pulls it out of me, <laughs> sews me up, sprays me with some lavender mist. But, um, Yeah, for me, I think my full bloom this last year, a huge lesson, a few huge lessons that have led to my full bloom is like this year, I've always known I wanted to expand 
my platform as a coach to have some recorded meditations, breath works, courses, um, do our podcast because my goal when I was or goal slash dream when I was younger was to always have my own talk show. And I've done various podcasts throughout the years and I have one with my co-founder Eric of more of that which is also great, definitely more interview-based of like other community builders, but one where I could really express my inner world mm. and um, and also just like carve out more time for songwriting and all of that. So anyways, I kind of last summer was starting to feel like there was an up-level brewing. Um, and um, the first thing I really had to do was cut out all the things that weren't sparking joy anymore, kind of like Marie Kondo style. So... I had to put in some hard boundaries with um, friendships that were no longer um, or that felt one-sided, um, that didn't feel like they were giving me energy, that felt like it was um, demanding a lot and I, and I was feeling depleted from them. And that's a really hard thing to do because we all empathize with other people and it's so easy to want to give to other people, especially when you feel like you're seeing direct benefit from doing so. And the, th- the deep lesson I learned from that, kind of like the cheesy oxygen mask. Mm-hmm. It's very real. Thing is you have to put it on yourself before you can put it on others. So in setting those hard boundaries, which we'll do a whole pod episode on boundaries, a whole one on friendships, a whole one on friendship boundaries. Oh, yeah. But setting that, that boundary with like that initial person kind of really uh, waterfalled into like noticing where else in my life things were adding to my energy or taking away from my energy. So I became really discerning about that to kind of clear out space. And then, then I was forced to slow down a lot in the, in the winter, even though I'm with my partner, Spencer, um, who's now my husband. Um, we had an abortion in December and, um, that was really hard. I wasn't expecting the hormonal effects of that. And, um, really turned inward for a few months of just feeling like I wanted to kind of process either be alone or with a small group of friends. And it was hard for me to be around people uh, for extended periods of time because as a coach and as someone who's very extroverted, it's hard to be around people when I'm feeling like negative or assuming the worst because I usually pride myself on finding the reframe. And Mm. in that moment, I just needed stillness. Yeah, And so... I um, did a solo sabbatical. Uh, I cleared out my schedule for a month where it was like no outcome. And I went to um, Big Sur by myself and I did the new Camoldi Hermitage, which you recommended, where you live with monks in silence for a few days in Big Sur. It's a magical, magical place. Yeah. Two miles up a mountain, dinosaur land. It's crazy. So grateful for that. Um, and and then I went to Esalen, which is like this retreat center, which is like the one of the places where people sit and talk about human development. You can do courses there. They have 24-hour clothing optional uh, mineral hot springs. So very like... Very 1970s counterculture uh, California. Yeah, Alan Watts vibes. Yeah. Yeah. And use that time to just be in stillness with myself. And the thing that kept coming up was or the download, as we say in LA, which is another word for musing, that came that kept coming up is all questions are answered in the present moment. 
when I'm able to slow down and just be, I can actually assess what the next step is Mm. versus, you know, how they say sometimes people eat with their eyes or, Mm. you know, or like when you don't, you eat so fast that you don't realize you're full. Yeah, It's almost like slowing down and savoring every bite. So you can tell when you're full or you can tell what you actually want next because you're allowing yourself time to chew and digest each experience. Yes. So that's what I feel like all of that was like my soil, like, the abortion experience set me off on that time to really slow down and just be. And it was so painful at the time, but that's kind of like the soil. Yeah. And then it allowed me to clear out that and like all the boundary setting I've done allowed me to clear out the space. And now I feel like the seed that I'm planting is my full expression through our podcast, through making my larger coaching platform and through my other fun creative project, which is, uh, I went to Taylor Swift's Eras tour <laughs> in Houston, Texas, and um, I have been writing songs since I was 18. And so, yeah, I'm starting my own TikTok 30 days to stadium as if each day I'm playing a song and telling the story behind the song um, it, as if it's like 30 days to, to play 70,000 yes. people. Maybe we'll get there Maybe on TikTok. Who, who knows? But yeah, I feel like my seed is just like doing, taking action, mm-hmm. doing less of sitting around wondering. I realized I was getting triggered a lot by people, not because of the people, but because they were just taking messy action and I wasn't. And so that was kind of the wake up call to exit my hibernation and to start taking the action on the things that were important to me. Mm, that is powerful. I want to just make a couple of points before I launch into mine, which oh my gosh. Of, of course. course will mirror. But I love what you said about sort of having this forced time when you had to be still and quiet. And it just is interesting how that happens sometimes, especially with people who naturally just kind of live more externally like you do and want to give a lot to people. And that's not always so positive. You know, I say that obviously it's a beautiful thing, but sometimes we also do that to avoid our own what's going on inside. And sometimes these devastating things will happen and it's not about, you know, being toxically positive and looking for the good in it. Obviously we acknowledge how devastating and hard that is, but it's interesting how these things happen and then force you to look at yourself, to get quiet, to sort of put up a little boundary against other people that you might have wanted to already, but you didn't have the excuse in your own mind right. to do it yourself. Totally. And it became such a visceral yeah. thing that's like brought to the forefront, whereas before it might feel just like a little Right. You can push it itch. away and just yeah. ignore it until you can't. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. Um, so Let's hear yours. <laughs> So many different angles to take as always, but um, yeah, last year we had lived together two years ago. Last year I moved out into my own place here in Venice. Which we had a closing ceremonies for. Absolutely. That was necessary. And And then an opening one here. Yes. And we should definitely talk more about our roommate tactic and ceremony because I just think we kind of nailed it. <laughs> We're kind so of obsessed myself. with our tactics as roommates. <laughs> yeah. Our open communication. Watch this pod yeah. episode brewing. But um, but that was the first time living not alone. Mm-hmm. I'd lived alone for almost eight years prior to that in New York, but living alone in a city that I really chose and a city that I really felt so 
sure about. I had been wanting to move to LA for so many years before I did. And now I was finally in this place where I was independent here in some ways and just trying to navigate. And it felt like that first year with you was such a cocoon. And then I had to kind of just launch and and I knew that I had to figure it out on my own. And there were a lot of questions coming up around career and family and living situation. And there was even a point last year, I had been bi-coastal to New York for most of my first two years here, going there once a month or spending three or four weeks at a time there. And there was a point last year when I was even questioning if I would move back or if I would continue or if I would move to another city or move abroad. My family's in France. And so I just had a million questions coming up. And in terms of career, I've been working uh, with my mom on our business ground plans. Just so impressive to work with your mom (laughs) for any period of time. Yes. So we have been working together for five years and it's an amazing business. It really is. We develop beautiful, custom, handmade, sustainable rugs Some insane ones, like that story about Romania. Yes, they come from amazing places. We source from 10 different countries and from some really interesting weavers. And I feel so connected to that industry and it's one I grew up in. But of course, as we mentioned before, I took a few different paths into the engineering world and into tech and into government and education and um law enforcement and it's just been a winding road and I was getting to a point at some point last year when I was feeling like there were other parts of myself that needed to be exercised or fulfilled. Moving to LA was a bloom in itself of noticing even that I had this other half of myself that had been sort of lying dormant in New York for my whole life for 29 years. Like awakening the giant, but like the magical forest fairy. (laughs) Exactly. And then last year it was like, well, what am I going to do with this giant? And how is it going (laughs) to feed itself and express itself? (laughs) And, um, And I took a lot of introspection, more than I've taken before. I think we're both kind of introvert, extrovert. But um, I'd never really allowed myself to pull back socially as much as I did last year and really decline most social invites and keep my inner circle really, really small and only talk to a few people and confide in a few people. And it was a similar feeling of just feeling like I had to protect my energy so much because there was so much I was trying to figure out and I didn't have any capacity to really give it beyond my family or my close friends and still have stuff left for myself. And I just felt totally depleted. And it's been interesting also just talking to other friends and people more recently who had a very similar experience last year, and we can get into the depths of that. But anyways, that all sort of um, brought me to trying out different things and, and culminated in this month in India this past March when I went for one reason and I came out with a completely different set of learnings and lessons and directions and I came home and I got super sick and I was forced again to just kind of isolate with family and confront um, everything that came up there and within myself and figure out what I was going to do next. And I've been back in LA for now almost a full month and it feels amazing to be back and I just have this newfound sense of energy and I want to reach out to people and I feel so much more connected to the communities that 
I was introduced to here. And on a similar note with you, I think the power and that energy just comes from doing and trying things. And we're doing this and there are other projects that I'm excited about and other paths I'm pursuing and other parts of my brain that I'm just so ready to exercise. And I just feel like, I just feel alive, a new life. Yeah. I feel alive in a different kind of way and it feels really good. And I'm just excited to capture this moment and seize it. I love that. And I love what you said about protecting your energy during that cocooning time because, uh, and I've heard someone use this metaphor before, um, like when a caterpillar is cocooning to become a butterfly, it's like all mush inside. And yeah. if it's like opened up, then like the whole process is ruined. Right. And it needs like total protection because it's like literally like a caterpillar soup in there. Oh my God, that's so how I felt. I felt like if I get opened now, I might just spill out, fall apart and never come back together. <laughs> yeah. And so, and it is like right when the caterpillar thought the world was over, it became a butterfly. Yeah. But it's like that importance of protecting your energy. And I love something about you that, well, A, honored to have stayed in touch with you during that time. <laughs> and and B, something I really admired is like sometimes in other cities or I noticed when I was living in London or other places, like if you didn't want to go to something, you felt like you still had all ob- the obligation to say yes, unless you had a counter plan. Mm-hmm. Whereas here and in you, you're one of the people who does it best. Like you can, you're literally just like, thank you so much for the invite. I'm having a me night or I need some time for myself and just unapologetically owning that. And then it made the times that you did show up a full yes, <laughs> yeah. you know, because you were fully energized and choosing to be there versus right. doing it out of obligation, which I always thought in the midst of your journey of something you really valuing yourself and having self-love and inner conviction to be able to do that even during that time where you felt like you were cocooning. <laughs> See you. powerful um okay everyone well eileen is there anything else you wanted to to mention yeah um i'm just so excited to dive into little pieces of these stories and obviously today is a little bit heavier about us and just trying to lay a foundation for who we are and how we got here um but i'm just really excited to get into the lessons and the back and forth and comparing our experiences and I know there's so much to be <laughs> unveiled I just feel like it's just the beginning it's just the beginning and usually we're walking and running and having these conversations so while we're sitting I'm just kind of like what's gonna come up from the vaults <laughs> the friendship vaults so for all of you listening for your own seed to to tie it back to our arc yes um my questions for you and Eileen, feel free to jump in, would be what 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 is that initial seed that you're planting? And what are the, the challenging things, the unexpected things that have happened this last year that uh, might have felt really hard at the time? And how are those actually soil for the seed's growth? How have they actually helped force you along into this next version of yourself? What can you thank those things for? And then with that seed, final question is, what does it, what would it feel like to be in full bloom mm. in these different areas of your life? Maybe writing out each area like personal, professional, relationships. How would that feel? And where are you now on a scale of like one to 10 
in getting there. And if you're not at a 10 now, what could you do to get to a 10 of that full Mm -hmm. bloom? Yes. And one thing I want to add to that, because I'm a little newer to this visioning, and I remember when we were starting and you were giving me a lot of these exercises and tools, it cracked my whole world open. But at the beginning, I wasn't even able to imagine the full 10. Mm. My brain wasn't even opened to the possibility of the best things that could possibly happen because I just didn't think they were real and I had limited my range of dreaming in some ways and even if you have these abstract dreams it's so important to entertain them entertain them and focus on like what I like to call the blue skies yeah so what are what is if you took out all the oh this couldn't happen because of this or this and just like well what if it did happen yeah like and what if it did right and if it and if you can't get clear on the detail of it focus on the feeling how would you want to feel I'd want to feel expressed confident sexy and then you'll be able to distill more detail from tapping into the feeling and how you can give yourself more access to that feeling in the present day a hundred percent. But you guys, this is literally just the tip of the iceberg Mm. of all of our self-development tips, practical manifestation tips. Musings. Practical and tactical musings. So we'll all just take a collective breath to close out the container, taking a deep breath in, exhaling out, releasing your seed into the earth, and another breath in, and exhale allowing whatever musings are meant to stick from today's episode to you to be ingrained. And then third breath in to take today's musings, to take your energetic reframes or shifts and to exhale. Go share those with yourself, with the world, with other people you come across this week. Thank you guys. That was some powerful stuff. (laughs) We love you. Bye. Listening to the Powerful Stuff Podcast, we're your hosts, Meredith Baker and Eileen Legiu. We hope that you learn some powerful stuff that you can take away and implement into your own life. And if you do, we would love it if you rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast, Powerful Stuff. And if something deeply resonates with you and you share it on social media, tag us. We would love to hear from you. And we will also see you next week for some more Powerful, powerful Stuff. stuff.